Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and thank you so much for listening to another show. Hopefully, you guys had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I had a very relaxed weekend, which is definitely going to tie into our topic tonight. I was managing stress in my life and doing absolutely nothing work-related, so it was really, really therapeutic. had a wonderful time, went to some barbecues, did some rock climbing, and just basically chilled. Uh, So I'm feeling a little rejuvenated today, got my batteries charged up, hopefully you guys had a wonderful time as well, and tonight's show is a really important topic that affects every single one of us, and very rarely can I say that, usually it affects some of us, most of us, but really this affects all of us, because if you live on planet Earth as a human being, you are, you know, you are affected by this topic, and that is stress. Stress is huge now. If you live in 2013, you have been exposed to stress. You've had stress in your life. And the way you deal with stress is definitely going to affect your health. And so that's what tonight's show is all about. Stress, your adrenal glands, how to have healthy, strong adrenal glands, and just how it all ties together. And what you can do from a naturopathic perspective to support you and prevent you know problems down the line. And if you already are in you know, some issues, if you're having some issues now, what you can actually do naturally to remedy that. So that's what tonight's show is all about. And uh, before I announce my guest for tonight, just want to give you guys a few, uh, let's see, little uh, updates here for upcoming shows. So let's see, next week's show, I actually don't have a guest so far scheduled, so I'm on the hunt for a really great guest. If you guys know someone you want to have on the show, please send me that name because I had a cancellation for next week, so I'm looking for a wonderful guest. And if not, I will do a Q&A because I have like probably 30 questions that are waiting to be answered, so... It's all good. The next show, June 11th, is going to be called So You Want to Be a Naturopathic Doctor. One of the most common questions I get from people with emails and Facebook messages is, Hey, Dr. Lowe, I love what you do. I'm so excited about your shows. I want to learn as much as I can. And now I think I want to be a naturopathic doctor too. So what do you think? Give me all the pointers you have. And what about, should I take this class or should I not take this class? And what are ways I can prepare? This is like the most common question I get. So, which is so exciting for me because I love that it's actually inspiring people to become naturopathic doctors. But I wish I could clone myself because then I can answer all the emails. So that's what that show will be all about is I'm going to interview some naturopathic doctors who are doing it, doing it well, in different facets of practice, like maybe someone who's into research and someone else who's more into hormone therapy and maybe more into homeopathy and someone else into nutrition. And there's so many tools that you can use under that umbrella of naturopathic medicine. So I want to be able to highlight how you can actually have this career, you know, fit the, the things that interest you or even like the, the demographic you're interested in. Maybe you want to work with kids or maybe elderly or maybe hormonal women or, you know, so all that. Good stuff. We'll address that on, on that show. And then Dr. Thomas O'Brien is going to be back on the show for a three-time three-time repeat, um, all about your brain on fire. He is the gluten, really the, the world's leading gluten expert, if you guys don't know. And we're going to talk about your brain on gluten and all the other things that affect your brain that cause brain fog and just memory issues and difficulty concentrating. And it's one of the most common things I see in my practice. So I'm looking forward to that show too. So those are some upcoming shows. Of course, you guys know the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lauren. Sorry, Dr. Low Noel and Twitter.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel. And if you're not on my email newsletter list, please hop on over to my website, DrLaurenNoel.com, and sign up for email updates. Okay, so for tonight's show, we have Dr. Danielle Wilson as our guest. I heard her speak several years ago. I think I was even a naturopathic student at the time, pretty sure. And I went to one of the um, uh, the AANP Association um uh, annual conferences, and I heard her speak, and I was like, this lady is so smart. She really knows her stuff. I was really inspired by her pizzazz and her drive and everything, and so she always stayed in my mind that as someone I wanted to have on the show, so I'm looking forward to having her on tonight. Dr. Danielle Wilson is a naturopathic physician. She's also a certified professional midwife and a certified nutrition specialist, and she's in private practice in Manhattan, Connecticut, and on Long Island. She is the president and the executive director of the New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians, leading the effort to license naturopathy in New York over the past 10 years. 
Her passion is to help women, men, and children optimize their health by identifying the effect of stress on their bodies and using natural therapies to heal. In her upcoming book, The Stress Remedy, Dr. Wilson shares her approach and research after 13 years in practice specializing in food intolerance, adrenal distress, neurotransmitters, and hormonal imbalances. She's lectured at numerous conferences to both professional and public audiences and is interviewed regularly in the media. When she's not sharing information about naturopathic medicine, Donnie enjoys ways to rebalance her stress response, including time with her sweetheart, her daughter, and their pets, gardening, exercising, drinking green tea, and eating chocolate. Sounds like a woman after my own heart. You can find out, find out more about her at drdonnie.com. That's D-R-D-O-N-I.com. So, Dr. Donnie, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you. It's good to have you. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So you are on the East Coast right now. Are you calling from Connecticut? I'm on Long Island at the moment, but yes, definitely on the oh. East Coast. Well, I appreciate you staying up so late. I think it's after 9 o'clock out there, right? It is. It is. Actually, I was thinking, you know, doing the doing a radio show at the end of the day when we're, you know, we're most feeling our stress. But it's right. great because being able to, everyone else is feeling their stress right now, too. So really feeling like, oh, gosh, how am I going to get through tomorrow? Right. <laughs> no kidding. I was sitting here doing a little last-minute prep for the show, and I'm going, you know what? I'm feeling my stress hormones going crazy. I'm going to get out of the office. I'm going to walk down to the beach. I'm going to put my feet in the ocean. That's what I did right before getting on the call with you. So I am I have to oh, be in integrity perfect. with, you know, practice what I preach, right? <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. That's what it's all about. And, you know, I, I know a lot of times what we end up specializing in as a practice is something we've gone through. Sometimes I know for myself, you know, I love working with digestive issues and thyroid issues because I had that myself. Did Is that something similar for you that brought you into naturopathic medicine or what's kind of your story and what you got to doing what you do? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, I definitely am the kind of person who tends to add on, as you could tell from what you were just reading about me, you know, taking on having a practice as well as running a nonprofit organization that's um, working on licensing naturopathic physicians in New York. It's I do tend to draw lots of to-dos on my to-do list. And so I have, you know, I have along the way had to figure out, okay, how can I make all this work and still stay healthy? Um, just from a young age, I was very interested in what can I do in terms of diet choices and lifestyle choices that keep me feeling good? Um, because I think a lot of it too is that I I have a body that's very sensitive. So I'm you know I myself am intolerant to gluten. You were mentioning gluten and dairy and um, and other things in the environment. So I've also been just very interested in figuring out how can I stay feeling good using um, things that I have control over, like food and uh, supplements and lifestyle. Those are mm-hmm. all things in, you know, of all this, there's stresses that we experience that we we may not have a choice about. You know, we, um, you know, we need to have a an income or for many people need to have a job, um, you know, and, you know, there's some things that are good stresses, having a relationship, having children. Those are things we want in our lives. But coming with them are, you know, sometimes experiences that our bodies need to respond to, you know, as a stress response. So how to then help our bodies be constantly in a optimal state where we can respond to stresses and come back to feeling good. Um, and that's, you know, that's what really interests me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as you were developing your practice and, you know, becoming more well-known in the community and naturopathic community, just having to set those boundaries and do that self-care became that much more important, right? Yeah, and I feel like I'm, you know, learning every day. Every every mm-hmm. moment is more learning, which is, you know, why it's so great. Like when, you, you know, even just to think about what we're going to be talking about tonight and then go, oh, I'm going to go for a walk on the beach. It's like... Optimizing your stress response is something you can choose in every moment and learn from in every moment. So you can you can learn, oh my gosh, I, I wanted to exercise and I went for, you know, a five mile run and now I'm exhausted. So let me learn from that and go, Okay, maybe five miles was too long right now. It is good to exercise to reduce your stress, but you have to modify it for you and realize, okay, next time 
I'm going to, you know, go for less and still get the benefits of exercise but not, you know, not push myself too far. So I really encourage people to, you know, individualize this. This is not something that is one answer for everyone. You really want to individualize your response to stress and how to support your body. But um, also learn along the way. It's it's not something that's a done deal. Our bodies are, are and our stress response is ever-changing. So you can right. always do something about it, and you can always improve, you know, your body's mm-hmm. ability to respond to stress. Mm-hmm. Listen to your body's cues are so incredibly important. I know for myself, when I first got out of naturopathic school, for like literally a year, I almost didn't work out for almost a year. I just did like maybe walking here and there, but my body was not in a position to be able to work out at all. <laughs> I was just surviving and recovering. And now now that I'm, you know, in my third year of practice, I feel like now I could join CrossFit and do that a couple of days a week and not push it. But I know like I can feel when my adrenals are strong and when they're not. And sure enough, when I tested them, they looked pretty good. But that's so I love that is like listening to your body's, you know, messages that, hey, if you have these, you know, symptoms, your adrenals might be dragging a bit, and maybe you can't do everything your friend who is, you know, doing triathlons can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, and it's. I like how you mentioned what are the, you know, the ways that a person might know that their adrenals need support. I mean, certainly one of the most common is fatigue, but also, you know, for some people it's um, more like, extra stimulation like feeling more anxious or not or insomnia not sleeping well so it can really go either direction um you know can be low mood and it could be you know anxiety um and mm-hmm. it's interesting i did some research in my practice last year um with 127 um patients to see cuz what i really wanted to find out is can we anticipate based on a, how a person's experiencing stress, whether that's fatigue, anxiety, or a number of other um, symptoms or health conditions. I wanted to see, can we anticipate what their adrenal health is? You know, what is their Mm -hmm. cortisol level? What are their adrenaline levels? Can, you know, if someone says they have fatigue, can we guess that they must have low cortisol, for example? Mm -hmm. And um, in the research, what really came out of it is that we really can't know like it's so individualized how people respond to stress that the only way to know what a person's cortisol and adrenaline levels are is to measure them and they can be mm-hmm. measured. Hmm. Right. Um the you know fatigue is most associated when someone has low cortisol but that's not an you know someone who has fatigue doesn't automatically have low cortisol. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that in my practice where it's the cortisol is sky high all day long and they're still fatigued. They're just, we call it, you know, wired but tired. They're just like, they yeah. feel flatlined, but their cortisol is actually pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cortisol being, you know, our main stress hormone produced by the adrenal glands. And, you know, just to know that cortisol is a normal hormone, it creates our healthy circadian rhythm. We want an optimal amount of cortisol and it's, you know, and if we have an optimal stress response, cortisol should increase and then come back to optimal. But what mm-hmm. happens, you know, is if we're when we're constantly stimulated and constantly having a stress response, the body goes off track and that optimal level, uh, you know, gets shifted. Um, mm-hmm. And so then the person may have cortisol that stays too high or cortisol that stays too low at different times a day. It could be too high in the morning and too low at night or vice versa. And mm-hmm. so that's where we start to see symptoms come in and it varies from person to person. That's why it's it's sometimes hard to, you know, you can't just guess, oh, this must be what's going on. No, we, you know, and that's what I've seen to be so helpful for for me and for patients is to be able to measure, you know, and go, okay, mm-hmm. what exactly are your cortisol levels from morning to night? Mm-hmm. Because then we can we can do something about it, and the thing we can do about it involves, you know, diet, lifestyle, supplements, herbs, nutrients. You know, it's not something where, you know, our only solution is a hormone replacement or right. a medication. The solution is, hey, let's support your adrenals in your body to get back to optimal. Mhm. Right. 
Yep, absolutely. And and I love what you're saying of just like things that actually cause stress for a person or things that can make cortisol be released. Most people don't realize, I think, that there are things that can create stress responses in your body that may not be something you normally think of. Like, yeah, maybe you don't feel like you have a really stressful job, but there could be other things that are making you release stress hormones. So can, can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I really like to emphasize that. Things like um, just even having your sleep pattern off, you know, like when, you know, say if you have too little sleep on a regular basis, that shifts your cortisol levels. So I really encourage people to, you know, do your best to get at least seven and a half to nine hours of sleep every night. The other thing that shifts cortisol that some people don't realize is skipping meals during the day. You know, like if you try to power through and, you know, you don't end up eating for more than four hours, that also can trigger your cortisol response. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are things just in terms of like um, what I, I call those synergy disruptors because they're... They have the ability to disrupt the synergy in your body, and they're, you know, there's things you can do something about it. Um, other possibilities would even I would even put on the synergy disruptor list um, non-organic foods because then you've mm-hmm. got the toxins coming in through your food that can we know can disrupt cortisol levels as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and even little hidden things like infections that are mm-hmm. undetected, you know, parasites. I talk about parasites yeah. a lot on the show. Viruses like Epstein-Barr virus and candida, yeah. infections in the gut. I mean, all of these things are seen as a stress of the body. The body, it's, it responds yeah. the same way, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yes, and sometimes, you know, that's where I think sometimes those um, sort of chronic or past infections get overlooked People are like, oh, yeah, I had mono or, oh, yeah, I had Lyme, but I, you know, I treated it. But really, it, you know, it, it still was a stress on the system and could be, still be a stress on the system that's making it hard for the cortisol levels to come to optimal. Mm-hmm, Yeah. And you know, I don't want to make it seem like stress is like the big bad demon, and it's like the it's, you know it's the worst thing ever. Because mm-hmm. some stress is good stress, right? So like, what are what are ways that yeah. that stress can be a good thing? I mean, I think that really we we wouldn't be surviving if we didn't have some stress. The thing that always mm-hmm. this this really clarified for me, you know, um, studying to be a midwife, and um, when I was a doula, I was very interested in how stress affected childbirth and labor. And um, the research there is so interesting um, because what they found is that you have to have a certain amount of stress in order for labor to work. But if you have too much stress response, too much cortisol, too much adrenaline, that's when um, childbirth slows down and doesn't work so well. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's such a great model for understanding that we actually need some stress. Like we need to be you know, awake and walking around and, you know, you know, we can't be sitting there in a room in a bubble doing nothing to, you know, like zero stress would not be good for humans either. We need a mm-hmm. certain amount of um, of a stress response to optimally function. Um, you know, like I was mentioning before, having, you know, having children, having relationships, um, looking, you know, cooking, having food, you know, like, uh, you know, some of these basic things we do that sometimes we don't even think about mm-hmm. really do elicit in some ways a stress response. And it's, it's you know, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Even, you know, sometimes things that like falling in love is triggering, you know, various hormones and messengers along the uh, line of a stress response. And it's a good thing, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's definitely, you know, it's a matter of the balance of it all. And, um and that's the tricky part for us to manage for our, you know again individually um how to balance the balance all the stresses and the and the messengers in our bodies so that we can hopefully be continuing to feel our best mhm now besides just stress being you know obviously people don't like to be overly stressed they don't like the way that feels just to feel stress but What's mm-hmm. the big deal about having elevated stress hormones long term? What what does that do mm-hmm. to the body, and you know mm-hmm. the implications of that? Mm-hmm. And this and this is a uh, this is some exciting 
this is some of the exciting information I talk about in in my book that's going to be coming out soon, the stress remedy. But what I what happens is um, the long term or chronic stress or however we want to call that um, it it starts to affect what I call the four core systems, which is um, the digestive system, the immune system, the um, all the different hormones um, or the endocrine system and then the nervous system and the neurotransmitter levels. And basically what happens is disruption and especially suppression in all of those areas. So um, we are more and more likely to have digestive issues. We're more and more likely to have um, hormonal imbalances in other areas, areas like the thyroid and insulin and, um, and the sex hormones as well are affected by cortisol. And then the immune system, and it varies from person to person here. Some people, the immune system tends more toward allergic responses um, or tendency toward infections, and other people it goes more toward autoimmunity. And then Mm -hmm. in the neurotransmitters, what can happen is just imbalances there, say in serotonin and glutamate and, and, um, and GABA and the neurotransmitters that have to do with mood, sleep, and energy levels. So... And it, you know, it varies from person to person, but as you start to see symptoms develop in those four core systems, then you know your body's been affected by stress. Mm-hmm. And in your experience, is this something that happens quickly or is this a long-term kind of thing that develops gradually over time? You know, this too, from the research that I did last year, um, I was very interested, is it that, you know, when people are older that they're more likely to be experiencing these symptoms or certain patterns of adrenal stress? And it really did did not show to be related to age. And what I find in my practice is that it's very individualized. You know, like mm-hmm. I sometimes see, you know, um, teenagers come in with um symptoms in all four core systems, you know, they may have digestive issues, hormone imbalances, right? And then and at at a young age, under 20. And then mm-hmm. there's other people who I see maybe in their 40s or in their 70s, and that's when they start to develop symptoms related to, you know, the impact of stress. So it really is individual. I think there's there's genetics involved. There's um, the way a person has managed their stress over time that's involved. Um, There's the amount of stress and, you know, so there's so many factors that come into play. But I'd say that, you know, for some people it it happens fast and furious and other people it it happens over Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. For you guys who just tuned in, we're talking to Dr. Donnie Wilson. She's a naturopathic doctor and we're talking about stress and the adrenal response and how to keep your adrenal glands nice and healthy throughout your life. And if you guys would like to call and ask a question, we'll open up the phone lines to 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. And I'm going to take it here to the Facebook questions. Um, First, this is from, and I'm sorry, I feel like I butcher her name every time. I think it's Orguidia. And she wants to know, uh, can diet help restore adrenal fatigue? So thanks, love your show and all the helpful information. So can diet help restore adrenal fatigue? It definitely can. And one of the first places I recommend starting is by balancing blood sugar levels. Um, Because one thing I was mentioning is that when we go too long without eating, it, it stresses our whole system and throws off the cortisol levels. So even just making sure to feed yourself every two to four hours with um, something that contains some protein and, you know, not a large amount, a sm- can be a small amount of food every two to four hours with protein, that alone can help um, restore a healthy stress response. Mm-hmm. And then and any then other I particular of, foods? Yeah, I mean, the other place that I go is I start thinking about food intolerance because mm-hmm. if you're eating foods that you are, may have a food intolerance, which is like an immune response, so your immune system is attacking the food you're eating, that then also is becomes a stress to your body. So figuring out if there's any foods that you may be intolerant to, the most common of which are dairy and gluten, then those can you know be triggering a stress response too. So you could 
um, you know, choose to just start by avoiding dairy and gluten, or you could um, do a test to find out exactly which foods you're reacting to and eliminate those from your diet. And then, you know, you want to just be choosing um, along the lines of anti-inflammatory diets, you know, with healthy amounts of protein and healthy, healthy fats and fiber, um, some of those basics. Those those things that you usually hear about that are healthy for your diet, are they end up being healthy for your cortisol and your stress response too. Actually, I don't know if um, I mentioned to this to you before, but I um, created a, a cleanse, what I call the Hamptons cleanse, which is um, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're talking about. Is you know it's helping people to avoid dairy and gluten and eat small frequent meals containing healthy protein. So um, you, people can find more information about that on my website, too, if you want to learn more. I love that, the Hamptons cleanse. It's, that's adorable. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> From Long Island, yes. Yeah, got to do it. All right, cool. All right, let's open up to the phone lines. We have a caller from the 858. So, caller, you are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Dave from San Diego. Hi, Dave. What's your question? Yeah, hi, guys. I um had a question about interpreting lab results. Like, if I go to the doctor and get my uh, results from LabCorp, there's always, like, a wide range for hormone numbers they consider healthy. And um, I was wondering, like, is that range considered healthy for someone, you know, that's not really very healthy, like your standard American, or would you consider those, you know, that range within acceptable limits, and how do you determine, like, what is the optimal level for somebody? Because I'd assume, uh, you know, it's kind of specific on the person. That is a tricky thing. It's true. Um, I always, for my patients, I always even mention that to them ahead of time before doing the tests. You know, keep in mind that the blood tests for hormones give us often a broad range, and so... Um, it would be great if it gave you something really specific and something to do about it. But when you have a large range like that, sometimes you're left with wondering, well, could it be even better? You know, <laughs> and oftentimes it could be. And I then would come back to some of these same questions of symptoms. Actually, the the main areas that I look at for patients to help understand their hormones is I look at their sleep, their mood, their energy levels, um, digestion, and um, and then I look at their uh, you know their their eating patterns and um, and body weight because that tells me a lot about hormones um, and so then we could know better you know for you in that range is it something that should be addressed but it sounds like you already kind of have a feeling like something could be more optimal so then it, the key is finding a doctor who will you know, sit down with you in that information and say, okay, here's here's the ways that we could make it more optimal. You know, if, yes, if it's really out of range, then, you know, you almost don't want it to be that far out of range. You'd rather address it when you can feel that there's something a little bit off track. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just add to that, you know, the 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 reference ranges that lab like LabCorp for example, the range that they use to compare you to is just an average of people who go and get their blood drawn. So you're exactly right, David, is that you know, it's not optimal necessarily. I mean, who typically goes and gets their blood drawn? You know, it's usually sick people who need to get some blood work. So it's not always the 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 ideal number to compare you to. So, you know, I know in my practice we, you know, we look at the optimal ranges. We like to, you know, kind of look on the higher end for hormones at least. Um, depending on what you're testing, but and you know, and and yes, I'm totally agreeing with you know Dr. Donnie is looking at what's your symptoms. If you have, um, if you feel amazingly in balance and your hormones say you have low testosterone, but you feel great, your sex drive is great, you're getting a great you know result out of the gym and all of that, then you kind of have to go based on you and not so much on your lab so much. So you have to look at all the little pieces and put them all together. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, awesome. Good. Well, thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, let's take it to another Facebook question here. So this question is from Erica, and she says, what is your perspective on treating adrenal fatigue? What do you start with first? Mm. (laughs) That's a great question. Um, 
You know, again, I you know, I do come to the individual like I'm thinking adrenal fatigue. Okay, maybe this is someone who has low cortisol and maybe also low adrenaline levels. Um, adrenaline, by the way, can be measured in the urine and the cortisol. Um, I find is best measured in the cortisol, so that we, I mean, in the saliva, so that we can measure. You know, we can do four saliva samples through the day and see what your cortisol levels are from morning, you know, noon, evening, and bedtime. So when someone says adrenal fatigue, I'm thinking um, that their cortisol, maybe their cortisol levels are low and their adrenaline levels are low. And so what I do is I go to um, nutrients and herbs that have been either shown to increase those levels or that are precursors to, um, for example, with adrenaline, we know that tyrosine is an amino acid that's a precursor to adrenaline. So we can use tyrosine as a nutrient. And in terms of cortisol, um, there's a lot of herbs that have been shown to help, um, everything from licorice and rhodiola, to holy basil, and so then it's a matter of finding a product that really works for you and dosing that works for you. Um, the nutrients that help support the adrenals are nutrients like vitamin C and B vitamins, including pantothenic acid. So a lot of times if you go and look for an adrenal supportive product, that's what they'll include is um, those kinds of vitamins and probably some herbs um, like um, rhodiola, licorice, um, Shisandra is another one. What are your favorites, Dr. Lowe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love love the same ones. I love ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. I love um, Eleutherococcus. Mm-hmm. The Siberian ginseng I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, one of the very first things I do, and I know in your bio you say you love green tea. I switch my patients mm-hmm. from coffee to green tea because coffee mm-hmm. is just such a big stress on the body. And if you have adrenal fatigue, that's going to really knock you down and also mess up blood sugar levels. So making that yep. switch. Um, and then my very favorite tip for adrenal fatigue is just pressing the no button from time to time, you know, and, mm. and just setting boundaries. And I know for for myself as a woman, it's so easy to just do everything for everybody and, um, you know, spreading myself really thin. So that's been the, the biggest thing for myself in healing up my adrenals is just saying no, I can't do everything yeah. and setting boundaries. You know, that has been majorly therapeutic for me. And I've started prescribing that for okay. patients, too. I'm like, hey, you need two hours a week of just you time, <laughs> you know, because we're all trying to be superwomen. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so true. It's so true. I, w- I, um, I was just writing a little booklet, and where, where people could find it now is on my website and my blog. I have an article about um, things you can do in even 15 minutes a day. Um, to help um, restore your adrenals and help recover mm. from adrenal stress, things like like you reminding me of you know taking a walk or um, um, other things like drinking green tea. This is where the eating eating a little bit of dark chocolate has been shown to help. Listening to music, I love that mm. one. That's always such a great reminder. And um, talking to friends um, or talking to a relative can help. Um, you know touch in ways of, say, massage or um, yoga and meditation. These are all things that there's actually research to demonstrate that it helps to recover from adrenal stress and adrenal fatigue. Mm So those are things you can do even daily to um, not only heal from adrenal fatigue, but to prevent adrenal fatigue. And um, Mm -hmm. so I love being able to come back to, you know, I love what you're saying about hitting the no button because it's like, (laughs) you know, just realizing things we can do in the moment that don't have a cost to them. You know, it's not about you don't necessarily have to pay for a supplement or, you know, pay for a service. You can just, you know, there's little decisions in every moment that can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just recently um, started implementing something called putter time. I think I might have said this on one of my last shows, where I'm actually scheduling putter time every single week. Mm. So it's every Wednesday from 7 a.m. to noon. So it's five hours, which is a huge span of time for me because I have so much going on, where there's nothing in there. All it says on my schedule is putter time. So I'm I'm able to just flutter around. I can go to Whole Foods and just wander. And, you know, I feel lucky. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't have all, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm more able to do five hours. Maybe someone else can do one hour or two hours. But that 
has been so incredibly therapeutic for me that when I'm when I go back to work on Thursday, I'm just ready to go and I feel way more there for my patients and I feel like I'm a better girlfriend, I'm a better daughter, I can be there for my friends more. And, you know, I think for a lot of women, we see that as being selfish because we just, you know, it's always our needs last. But in reality, it's, it's been a lot, it has allowed me to be there for other people so much more. So for all the mothers listening and all the crazy stressed out ladies, and even you men out there too, I mean, I don't want to exclude you guys too. You got to really set that time for yourself um, just to charge your batteries. Oh, it's so true. It's, 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 um, (laughs) especially moms, you know, I find that that's, sometimes the hardest time to you know to even find two minutes to take a shower so you know just (laughs) encouraging you know to be like okay let's you know let's find a way to make that happen because then you're not only going to feel so much better but you're going to be you know and your body's going to be ready for whatever your next challenge is um Mm -hmm. it reminds me actually i um on my website there's a um there's a quiz I put up, how uh, how is stress affecting your body? So if you're wondering, listening, you know, uh, how much you've been affected by stress and some ideas to help you with it, you can just go to drdonnie.com and you'll see where it has the, um, the quiz that you can do and find out more about how stress is affecting you. Mm-hmm. What would be a few little um, symptoms or things that someone might mm-hmm. be able to you know, tune into right now and just mm-hmm. kind of know, okay, I'm, I'm, this, I am affected by this. What are a few things you can rattle off? Um, one of them is um, a lot of times patients will say to me that they just don't feel themselves. I, I'm mm-hmm. surprised how often that's a symptom, you know, where people yeah. are just like, I just feel off. I just don't feel like myself. Um, so that I consider actually to be a, a common symptom. Another one is, is feeling overwhelmed, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's just too much to do and not enough time and how's it all going to happen. Um, so sometimes people can experience, you know, experience it that way. Um, other times it just it just comes across like, you know, there's one health situation after the next, you know, like, I have a, you know, I have my knee, you know, injured and I have I'm getting migraines and I'm getting canker sores and I'm, you know, I've got allergies now and I've never had allergies before and you know like when the list of symptoms starts coming up and you're like, "Why? What's going on?" You know, that's also to me a sign that um that stress is is, you know, getting to your body. Yeah. And I love that what you said that when you have that feeling like there's just so much to do and you can't get it all done, there's that overwhelm. I think the big lie there is we all believe that, okay, once I get it all done, then there won't be stress anymore. Well, that's not <laughs> true because once it's all done, there's going to be a lot more where that came from. So that the answer really isn't getting it all done. <laughs> right. You know, the it's, answer is charging your batteries and taking that time for yourself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. It's, you know, it is, it's great to be able to catch yourself in that and just laugh and go, oh, yeah, I see. I'm on the on the spinning wheel that never ends. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, be able to just Can step you, off the wheel and be like, okay, let me take a breath and, you know, prioritize. That's one thing that can also help is to just like, you know, a lot of times I catch myself there and I'm like, okay, I just need to stop and make a list of everything I'm thinking of and prioritize it and know that everything's not going to get done right immediately. You know, I'm going to have yeah. to just think through what actually can get done now. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about the relationship of stress hormones and how it affects sex hormones and even mm-hmm. resulting in lower libido, not really being in the mood anymore? Talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that. Definitely. And that's part of when I was talking about the core systems. When hormones get affected by stress, um, one of the one of the ways that I see it most often is, um, say in women, what happens is the menstrual cycle becomes irregular in some way, whether that's actually irregular cycles or PMS, but also then the libido gets affected as well because the when the when cortisol is suppressing estrogen and progesterone and testosterone, then inevitably it's going to also affect sexuality and libido. Um, and that same thing happens for men um, is when... Um, testosterone levels can be affected by adrenal stress. So 
it's because these hormones are talking to each other. They're not in separate, you know, just really be able to understand how, you know, one hormone affects the other hormone. And that's why supporting the adrenals, I think, is so awesome because it has this ripple effect through the body where everything gets better. So when we support the adrenals, we're not just supporting the adrenals. We're supporting all of the hormones and everything they, you know, control and manage and we're supporting the nervous system, and we're supporting the digestion, and we're helping the immune system. So there's this huge ripple of positive effect by just supporting our bodies under stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when couples, they always say when couples go on vacation, they have, you know, way better sex or way more, you know, it's like having a little mini honeymoon again. And that's that's why, because you're not stressed and therefore it affects sex drive. So that's why having those little mini vacations throughout the week are so important, like little rest stops, you know, to deal with the, the stresses yeah. of life throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, you know, sex is something that happens in a in a non-stressed state when all, you know, in that opposite state where all the hormones are um, you know, in this in this relaxed messaging, um, and so you know, sex actually I would categorize as a as a stress relieving activity. You know, it's going to help mm-hmm. reset your stress response. So sometimes that's another good reminder to just you know allow those opportunities because they can actually help um, re- you know restore your, your healthy stress response. And, of mm-hmm. course, too, that means it affects fertility. Whenever I work with patients for fertility, I always come back to let's look at how your body's responding to stress and optimize your, you know, how your stress response is working, how your cortisol levels are, how is your adrenaline, what, you know, which nutrients and herbs specifically for that person because um, that's going to have a huge effect on um, fertility and, and the ability for ovaries to ovulate and make the right hormones and and also for sperm production. Mhm. Yeah. For you guys who just tuned in, we're talking to Dr. Donnie Wilson and we are talking about stress and adrenals and it's the last call for callers. The line is 818-495-6919, 818-495-6919. Let's see. I'm going to take it here to another Facebook question. This is from Marjorie. And she says, I just got blood work done at my naturopathic doctor's office. Um, I had low slash moderate gluten intolerance and very low cortisol levels, and blood was drawn early in the day. I'm now being tested for a full food allergy panel, but wanted to know what I could do at this time to help those low cortisol levels. I'm cutting out gluten for sure, but what else can be done at this time? Thanks so much. Love your show. Marjorie from Seattle. Mm. Wonderful. Well, I also start to wonder about, you know, the neurotransmitter levels. I actually find that um, one of the first steps before addressing a low cortisol is making sure that you have um, some balance and enough calming in your nervous system. So you mm-hmm. might also make sh- you know, ask your doctor to check on your neurotransmitter levels and make sure you have enough serotonin and GABA. If you mm-hmm. have, especially if you have symptoms of anxiety or sleep issues, it might be that we need to do a little calming in your nervous system before we support cortisol. But if if your um, if your doctor says you're ready to support cortisol, then you'll I would think you're going to be looking for um, you know herbs and supplements that may include things like licorice and Eleutherococcus and um, rhodiola is one of my very favorites when cortisol is low. Um, I do my testing for that through mm-hmm. neuroscience. Is that who you test mm-hmm. through as well? Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. awesome. I do. And you do your um, cortisol testing through them too, right? Yes, I do. I okay. do find that I find neuroscience to be um, accurate, and and I've I've found such I've been um, using them as a lab for these purposes for about ten years, and just wow. through the help of you know you know, hundreds, I'm thinking thousands of patients is the reason why yes. I, I continue to use that lab. Mm-hmm. I love it, too. I know. It's 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 amazing. At first I was thinking, well, I don't know about neurotransmitters in the urine, but it really does match up with symptoms. And, you know, when patients are on different medications, it shows up in the urine as well. It's just it's so reliable. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it really makes a big difference to be able to see that because sometimes when patients have low cortisol and we're just so excited to raise their cortisol, but they end up feeling worse because they don't have enough calming in the nervous system. So that's why mm-hmm. I was saying that for that, that caller or that person to say, make sure you have enough calming in your nervous system and then you then go for supporting your cortisol. And, you know, with cortisol, you can, I mean, you can find these herbs in tincture form. You can, if you need to use homeopathics, you can do that. If you, you know, would rather use capsules, um, neuroscience, um, you know, there are products that are formulated for supporting cortisol levels. So, um, you know, I definitely actually really encourage you to work with a If your doctor doesn't already um, work with that, I definitely recommend working with a practitioner who can help you with supporting your cortisol effectively because, it it's definitely possible and it's definitely a process. Um, it takes time, um, but it's definitely possible with the right kind of help. Mhm. Awesome. Last topic about fat loss. That's something that you know I see in my practice all the time. Ladies and guys coming in wanting to lose weight, and they're you know they have adrenal dysregulation and they work out like crazy. They don't eat enough throughout the day. It's like they eat like birds and try to work out like triathletes. And they're like, why am I not losing weight? You know, in these situations, even their thyroid looks fine. So it's so much stress hormones. It's like it's just, it's just, it's just nuts. It's crazy, you know. And it's like I try to educate them that it's not about eating less and working out more. In fact, that's doing more damage. Can you talk a little bit about that whole phenomenon? Well, I'm thinking insulin. You know, and this Mm -hmm. is where you know cortisol and insulin have this relationship where. When cortisol is off, it lowers your insulin function, and then the lower your insulin function, the more it throws off your cortisol. And so it becomes this vicious cycle, and you end up feeling like you're chasing your tail, like you're describing. (laughs) And so, you know, yes, that, you know, eating small meals with protein every few hours not only support your cortisol, but it also supports your insulin function and can, for a lot of times for people in that um, in that cycle, it can help them break the cycle. Um, and sometimes it is necessary to add in supplements that support insulin function and and optimize cortisol levels. So sometimes it's a matter of just shifting your diet, but sometimes you need to add in things like green tea and chromium and um, berberine and you know supplements that can actually help increase your insulin function. Of course, exercise helps with that too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Thank yeah, you, it's Dr. Interesting, though. Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? Well, I was just going to say it's so interesting how, to me how that all ties into the digestive tract, too, because what we're learning is that with digestion, if the healthy bacteria are off track or with food intolerances, then it further disrupts insulin and further stresses the body. So you can add these layers of of internal stress that and I think in those situations that's what's happening I mean and a lot of times people can feel it they're like I can just tell things are out of balance and so it's it's one of those situations where it's not just one thing that's going to turn it all back around again it's going to take multiple it's going to take help from multiple directions optimizing hormones and optimizing digestion to um to reverse that cycle mm-hmm Yep, and it's not an overnight fix, you guys. All those quick fixers out there. It takes a little bit to rebuild your adrenals. I know for me it took a year of just doing pretty much nothing. <laughs> um and you know, not all of you guys have that kind of not all of you guys have that option. You have crazy lives and everything, so it may take a little bit longer, but you got to be diligent with it and and again, keep pressing that no button and setting those boundaries and, you know, taking as much off your plate as you can as much as possible. I found one of the most um powerful ways to reduce stress for myself is doing a gratitude list, just writing out everything I'm thankful for, because then I get really represented to how wonderful my life is and how blessed I am and how not awful it is, you know, when you just, when there's doom and gloom and there's so much going on, it's so stressful. If you just sit down and just write a quick gratitude list of things you're thankful for, it's amazing how quickly it takes the stress off. So just being Mm -hmm. present to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you might find, you know, each person I find has their own something that they know just really helps them reset. And 
you know, just being able to remind yourself in the moment, oh, yeah, for me it's taking a shower or for another person it might be putting on a certain song or, you know, for you it's the gratitude list and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It just helps you take a breath and go, okay, you know, where am I? What's really important here? Yeah. And for you guys listening who are already stressed out and don't want a nice long list of more things to do to relieve your stress, because mm-hmm. you can certainly take that from this show, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, now I have all these things i got to do to relieve my stress. If there's one thing you can do, it's deep breathing. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. breathing, you know, taking three breaths, just breathe in three seconds, exhale for four seconds. That puts you right into your parasympathetic. You're instantly calmer. So, you know, if that's all you can do, that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Love awesome. It. Dr. Donnie, do you have any parting words for us before I let you go to sleep? Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, I've just really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I, I love to talk about stress, as you can tell. It's, you know, it's something I love to be able to support people with, and I find that it makes can make has the potential to make such a difference in people's health that I feel so passionate about it. So, um, thank you for having me. And if anyone wants to learn more, then just you know contact me, and I'd be happy to talk about it more. All right, and your website is drdonny.com, d-r-d-o-n-i.com, and they can sign up for newsletters. And I'm assuming, right? Get on your email list. Yes, yes, I would love it. Hey, and then and you get to. When's your book going to be released? More? It's going to be released. Um, I'm aiming for July or August, so soon. Yay! Awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll have to have you back on and talk about your book. Thank you. I would love to. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Enjoy mm-hmm. your night, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Good night. All right. Bye. All right, guys. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. And um, I would love to hear from you guys, too, if there's any tips or things you've done to reduce stress in your life and be able to just handle the craziness. I'd love to hear from you. So go to my website, drlaurennoel.com. Give me give me a shout out. Go on my, my Facebook page. And I just love hearing from you guys. It just brightens up my whole day. Have a wonderful week and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Get ready to rise and shine. Get ready to dive in, reach out, to grow. Get ready to launch and to lead. Get ready for your hire. Visit rmu.edu today to see the stats, stories, and rankings. Robert Morris University. Get ready.